This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we are celebrating a second national championship for the women's rowing team. All-American Charlie Fay got selected in the Major League Lacrosse Draft on Sunday. We speak with his new head coach. Plus, the track and field teams wrapped up their seasons with an impressive showing at the NCAA Championships. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. The women's rowing team traveled to West Windsor, New Jersey last week and they returned to Bates with their second national championship in the last three years. The first and second varsity eights won their respective heats on Friday. Then on Saturday, the second varsity eight won its grand final with an NCAA championship's record time of 6 minutes, 48.332 seconds, earning 12 points toward the team title. Wellesley came in second, and Williams came in third. This proved to be crucial as the Bobcat first varsity eight finished second to Williams in its grand final, earning 27 points. When the points from both races were added up, the Bobcats secured the national title by one point over the Eaths, 39-38. Senior captain Molly Pritz was in the first varsity eight boat in the stroke position. The first varsity eight crew didn't know Bates had won the team title, until they heard it over the loudspeakers. The last time that this happened, it was everyone on shore who was screaming and letting us know we actually won, we actually won. Um, I was one of those people on shore. And then um, this time, we're just kind of rowing back and nobody's saying anything. It's pretty quiet, so I'm thinking that didn't happen. I, I had faith that the 2B had won, but I, I didn't know how the rest of the points had, um, had gone. So. We're listening and I'm hearing the Jumbotron um, and the announcer, looking at the Jumbotron and hearing the announcer who's saying um, the places and points, but she's saying in the, them in reverse order, as makes sense. But um, I couldn't hear everything super clearly until I heard, uh, I knew I'd heard every other team except for ours um, when I got to second place. And then they announced second and I realized that that left us for first and um, Kate just jumped into my, I stopped rowing apparently, and Kate just jumped into my arms, and um, then once we rowed past the rest of our teammates, and we were really sure. I kept on questioning, I was like, are we really sure, are we really sure? And when we rowed past them at the 500 meter mark at that point, um, they're screaming, we did it, we did it, and yeah. Well, let's talk about the race. I mean, obviously it was a tight, competitive race. Williams and uh, I believe it was uh, you guys, and then I think it was Ithaca or Wellesley. Wellesley won the one was giving you a push, right? Yeah, um, we were pretty much up on Ithaca the whole time, and Wellesley gave us a push in the final, um, about 500 meters, I think. Um, and honestly, it, we left everything out there, so that's the most I can ask for in my final race. When you cross the fish line, can you tell whether you're second or first or third? Like, how, how soon do you know what you finished? Um, I knew we didn't get Williams, just based on what Kate was calling throughout the race. Um, I could tell, since she wasn't focusing too much on Wellesley, that they weren't um, too much of a threat, um, that she could see the meters 
the meters um, going by and she knew that they weren't too big of a threat and it was just us making a push at Williams. So um, I knew we were in second when we crossed just kind of based on my peripheries. <laughs> yeah. How cool was it to have everyone greet you on the shore when you came back? Oh, it was so exciting because this is so much more than a victory for those of us that got to be on the water today. This is for everyone. I was the happiest to see my first coxswain at Bates um, who was here and hasn't seen, hasn't been at one of these in, um, since her final, her senior year, which is my freshman year. So it just means a lot to have all that support and the friends and family and um, a lot, an, one alum from, I think, 02 was here with her kids and her dog and just cheering us on as we walked past like we were in a parade. It was, it's really great. Nice. How is this compared to two years ago? Um, just based on the setting, it feels entirely different. Um, that was the first national championship for the school. This is the second, and we own both of them, so that's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, nobody can take that away from us. But um, for me, I'm, I'm, was hungry for more. I wanted to sweep, and we didn't. We came away with this awesome victory with a really, really young team, and this is just setting them up really well for the next four years. Then when I'll be on shore and screaming my heart out. So, graduating tomorrow. Thoughts? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, got a long bus ride ahead of us, it'll be a fun bus ride, but um, yeah, just kind of one thing at a time, trying to take in every moment here first, and then um, it'll be really exciting to be back with everyone um, on campus and say our final goodbyes there. We said a lot of goodbyes today, so a lot of mix, mix of emotions, but um, it's a great weekend. <laughs> You're going to keep rowing competitively, recreationally? You done? <laughs> uh, certainly not competitively. I would really like to continue coaching in some capacity, which I've um, been doing for a while. Um, I Rowing recreationally, yeah, but I think I should take some time just to center my body again and um, recover from a long haul of <laughs> uh, rowing. So, uh, yeah, I would really like to stay involved with the sport as much as I can. Senior Captain Abby Bierman served as the coxswain for the second varsity eight for the third consecutive year, winning yet another gold medal in the process. This marks the fourth straight year the Bates' second varsity eight has won a gold medal at the NCAA championships. We knew Wellesley was going to give us a fight, so we were ready to get a beat up on a little bit in the first 500 and then just move from there so it went yeah pretty much exactly what we imagined and how we planned so that's cool well i saw wellesley's prelim time was pretty fast yeah. uh, i assume you saw that also we did yeah we didn't we were pretty fine with that we um cruised through the second 1k of our heat so we knew we had more in us so we weren't super worried about that but we knew they would be right there with us they've been they've been fighting us all season and getting faster every time so it's been really fun to be able to race them all right, take us through watching the first Varsity 8 race and doing the math in your head for the second time in three years. Yeah, wow. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're watching, we're watching. Um, obviously, we want them to win. Like, who doesn't, right? Like, somebody has to get Williams. But we're watching, we're watching. Um, Wellesley puts up this fight in the last 500 that almost gets them. They put up an even bigger fight. We're watching my bow seat. Alex Alizar turns around and is like, I can't watch anymore. And I'm just like, we're all like, and they finish and we whip our heads around to our coaching staff and we were kind of like did we like can you confirm and they like nodded and we just we lost it then we were like yes like totally totally lost it and then ran down to the beach and the pier just to make sure we could get that one be as soon as possible so it was good 
Yeah, Mason said that um, uh, Peter knew right away. Oh, yeah. We turn around, he's there nodding. He's there nodding and smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And then how cool is it to be able to, you know, greet the varsity kind of as they uh, rode by that pier over there? It was pretty great. It was pretty funny because we could see them, like, from 500 away kind of turning and then coming up and we're like, come on, come on, come on, because we don't know if they know. And then all of a sudden they stop rowing and we were like, oh my god, are they finding out? And then hands go up and water's being splashed. We're like, they found out. Like, and then we're just like waiting for them to come back, being like, come on, come on, we want to celebrate with you. So it was pretty funny. Awesome. Now, uh, we talked about this before, but you're graduating well. Now, tomorrow, what does yeah. that mean? Wow. Um, <laughs> it means we have to rush back right now. <laughs> but, I mean, it means that the team gets to come back today, so they'll all be there. And it's just it's pretty amazing to be able to go back. Um, the baccalaureate ceremony is today, and we heard that they're going to announce that we won, which is just, like, unbelievable because it echoes what happened when we were sophomores looking up to those seniors, which we were like, felt so bad they couldn't make it to graduation so it's a cool mirror for us there yeah so I mean this is similar to what happened two years ago how do they compare in your mind honestly they're just both so different such different crews such different teams um, I think they both show like how much you need that depth of the team like um, as you guys might have seen the the 3v a lot of 3v rowers here four rowers here and alum and everything it's just the depth of the team is what got us both this year and two years ago so yeah <laughs> Great. Well, any other thoughts on, you know, being a two-time uh, national champion and if you, you plan to be a coxswain uh, competitively in the future or whatnot? I don't – I was, haven't ever planned it right now, but um, this is my team. It's going to be hard to say goodbye, so <laughs> that's it, really. Sunday brought big news from the world of Bates men's lacrosse. Not only was senior captain and first-team All-American Kyle Weber named the Division Three Midfielder of the Year, but senior captain and first-team All-American Charlie Fay was selected by the Boston Cannons with the 59th overall pick in the Major League Lacrosse Draft. Fay's new head coach tells us more about the Cannons, Fay, and Major League Lacrosse. We're joined on the Bates Bobcast by the head coach of the Boston Cannons, Sean Quirk, to talk about the recent Major League Lacrosse Draft and the Cannons selected Bates All-American Charlie Fay with the 59th overall pick in the draft and coach quirk first of all what about charlie stuck out to you personally that made him a player you guys wanted to draft yeah aaron it's great to be on uh you know i've known charlie for a long time actually uh going back to his high school days him playing in high school and he was always a, a tremendous athlete and with his size and his scoring ability his passing ability he really made himself a, an attractive player uh in this draft there were several coaches of other teams that you know knew of him and were talking about him on draft day yeah i feel like the lacrosse world is very tight in terms of you guys kind of everyone knows every everyone else basically is that a fair statement yeah for the most part you, you know I, the game certainly as you know is growing exponentially but it's yeah still a, a, one of those sports that's small enough where you know that everyone knows each other for the most part which is great Absolutely. Now, you were the head coach at Endicott from 1998 through 2015. You're now the associate director of athletics over there at Endicott, obviously, Division Three program uh, with the men's lacrosse team. So what have you noticed in terms of the similarities and differences between, you know, Division Three lacrosse, which has some very, you know, high-level talent as we've seen, and, you know, Major League lacrosse, and what adjustments those players typically have to make, maybe like the biggest adjustment you've noticed? It's, it's interesting because, like any other professional sport, you, you see mostly Division One. Uh, players mm -hmm. competing at the pro level and 
a few Division Two and a few Division Three players, but I think in time, Division Three lacrosse has gotten really strong, um, and it speaks volumes of the sport, the growth, and you know players like Charlie Fay can certainly compete at that next level. A young man years back, uh, Mike Stone, who played at Middlebury, who's in the NESCAC conference as well. He became an, an MLL All-Star for the Boston Cannons and the New York Lizards. Had a team, uh, world team tryout with Team USA. So those Division Three players are out there. And, um, you know, we try to do our homework as much as we can on every player, Division One, Two, and Three. But certainly they're out there in Division Three, which is great to see. You said you've known Charlie for a while. Have you gotten a chance to see him play recently in person? Yeah, so, so ironically enough, my older brother uh, played at University of New Hampshire when John Fay, Charlie's father, was an assistant coach there. So I, I've known the Fay family for a long time, uh, and I got a chance to see Charlie play in high school, as I mentioned, because um, our goalie at Endicott when I was coaching here, Cam Bell, who's actually now on the Cannons, played with Charlie. And then I, I really was really interested in Charlie's college career, just knowing him a little bit. Uh, during his younger years. So I watched, you know, quite a few Bates games. To be honest, I, I watched probably more this year um, than in the past because, one, yeah. they had a really good team. And then, two, I was really intrigued by what Charlie was doing and thought that he may be able to play at the next level. Terrific. Now, you guys are in the middle of your season already. You're already five games in. So these recent draft picks, including Charlie, do they come in right away and try to compete you know, for playing time and, and spots on the roster? Or how does that work for you guys? Right. So, so we're, we're five games in right now. Some teams are five or six games in as well. Um, so, yes, the players that we just drafted and picked up, they can start to practice with us on Friday. Um, and then if we are to activate those players, we need to do so by Friday, and then they could dress as early as our Saturday game against Denver. Um, For us, we'll we'll probably take a look more at the guys that we drafted in practice this next week and then make decisions for the following week on on who we potentially dress um, and that sort of thing. Sure, absolutely, and I know uh, Major League Lacrosse. You guys play on play on weekends, and everyone else. I mean, everyone in that league has probably has like you know other other jobs and whatnot, basically right outside of that. So, how do you guys balance that? You know, the commitment to lacrosse, the commitment to uh, other other careers, either related to lacrosse or outside of it. It's amazing, and that's that's one of the really you know fun parts of the league. It's also frustrating at times. Uh, is that these men do you know they, many of them have another full time job. Uh, more and more of them are, are doing full thing, full-time things within lacrosse. But, you know, you, you look at a guy like Matt Landis on our team, and, and I could go down the list. Um, you know, he's one of the top defensemen in the world, but he's got a finance job in, in New York City. Um, and, and then he comes out here on the weekends or wherever we're playing and gets there and is in great shape physically, and he gets himself dialed in mentally. So it's, it's really interesting from that perspective the the league that a lot of these guys are working other full-time jobs and committing themselves as well as to being professional athletes the boston cannons you guys play at harvard stadium correct what's the environment like for a home game if uh, some Bates alums and supporters want to come see charlie play yeah they uh they should get out there boston um you know we play at harvard which is a nostalgic coliseum atmosphere we draw great crowds anywhere really, I think, between 8,000 and 12,000 people. 
at a game. Um, nice. So the environment is, is awesome for our, our team. Our front office does an amazing job of marketing the uh, the franchise, and uh, it's a great place to be, Boston. Uh, what are some maybe differences people might notice between Major League Lacrosse and College Lacrosse, just uh, from a viewer perspective? Certainly, the the tempo, the speed of the game is uh, is a bit faster. Um, there's a 60 second shot clock, so at the start of every possession is a 60 second shot clock. Um, and the way that shot clock resets is either by a goalie save or hitting the pipes. Uh, hmm. And then there's a two-point arc, which uh, is 16 yards out from the goal, and players can hit a two-pointer. Um, so swings in the game of professional lacrosse are there. Um, you know, if a team is up by six or seven goals, that's really not a comfortable lead at all. Um, in Major League Lacrosse because of the shot clock and the two-pointer. Well, yeah, we've seen Charlie score a number of goals from that far out, so <laughs> maybe he can help you out in that area. Well, Coach, uh, any other thoughts on Charlie joining the Cannons and what you know what your thoughts are on his potential uh, at the next level? We're just super excited to get Charlie out there. And, and you know, getting uh, he played with some really, really talented players and great young men at Bates, and I think for Charlie – and most of these guys, you know, they're playing at even that next level with uh, with even better talent and, and better athletes. So I'm really excited to see him in that arena uh, to see what he can do, and, and we're sure that he's going to be really successful with us. All right. Well, Coach Quirk, thanks so much for joining us. And I know everyone here at Bates is looking forward to following Charlie's career here with the Cannons uh, starting shortly, it sounds like. Thanks so much again. Thank you, Aaron. The track and field teams competed at the NCAA Outdoor Championships over the weekend. Sophomore Tyler Harrington led the way on the men's side, finishing 13th in the javelin throw. Other strong performances included senior captain Patrick Griffin finishing 14th in the 800 meters and junior Adedire Faccariti taking 17th in the hammer throw. The women's team turned in a remarkable performance, finishing 11th out of 149 schools. There were All-America finishes left and right for Bates. Junior Sally Cisse finished second in the triple jump with a new school record of 40 feet, 9.5 inches. Senior Captain Allie Hill finished third in the 100-meter hurdles. Senior Captain Jess Wilson broke the school record in the 1,500 meters and finished fourth, then came back a few hours later to take seventh in the 5,000 meters. Sophomore Aiden Eikhoff also delivered an All-America performance finishing 8th in the 800 meters. Cisse, Hill, and Eikhoff hopped on the phone to recap Nationals. Sally, we'll start with you in that triple jump. Second place, new school record. It all came together. I know you weren't too happy after indoors, even though you got an All-American finish, but you must be much more happy this time around, right? Yeah, um, I'm really excited. Um, it seems like for this time around, everything um, seemed to fall in place. Um, right before I competed, I was actually talking to Jess, and she asked me how I felt, and I was like, I think I'm ready. It felt really different. My runway felt really fast. I felt really strong. So I'm really happy about um, how, I, how it finished, how it ended up. Excellent. And, Allie, I know you got uh, third place there in the 100-meter hurdles. I understand you clipped a hurdle, but you were able to still get third. So how did you, how'd you uh, recover after you felt your, your leg touch that hurdle, and how are you able to keep going there so, so quickly? Yeah, so it was a tough race because I really I felt great and I kind of felt like indoor. I um, I yeah, it's pretty much the fastest I've ever been in outdoor, definitely. And um, yeah, so then when I hit that seventh hurdle, I, I was in first place, and then I 
just I saw the finish line and I knew that I could finish, but it pretty much lost. I took all my momentum away and uh, kind of put me off balance. But um, yeah, so it was kind of disappointing to get third because um, I knew that I could have gotten first. But I think I'm just really happy that I could have finished because um, I know indoor obviously uh, went the opposite way. So I feel uh, lucky to finish. You had graduation the next day, so obviously you made the flight, and so how did graduation go? Yeah, it went great. We uh, didn't get much sleep, so it was a long day, but uh, yeah, it went well. It was super hot, so it was great to have nice weather. Um, I didn't trip, and I uh, got my diploma, and Clayton actually said uh, she's been watching us. Like she, uh, When she shook my hand, she's like, I've been watching you guys, so that was kind of special to have a, uh, something said from Clayton while I'm getting my diploma. Nice. And Jess Wilson, not on the conference call here with us, but uh, because she's on vacation, obviously, a well-deserved vacation after graduation. But Allie, as a fellow senior, how cool is it to see Jess do so well, getting fourth in the 1500, breaking that school record, and then seventh in the 5,000 meters? That was amazing. I mean, anyone that has to do a double, uh, just trying to survive the race, I would say. Not that I'm a distance runner, but uh, even placing in both of them, I think, is a phenomenal feat. And I don't think there's a lot of people out there that have the – basically bravery and uh, tenacity to finish that and uh, she came out hard and she got the school record in the 1500 which she's been going for and I don't think there's a better way that she could have gone out and I know she's so happy to come back with two um, All-American trophies and out of anyone she deserves it because she worked so hard and uh, yeah she deserves that vacation right now. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Aiden, Aiden Eikhoff joined us as well, eighth in the 800 meters. Uh, you were also part of the 4x400 relay team with Allie um, as well, uh, getting ninth place there, but eighth in the 800 meters. So um, this individual event you've been working on for quite a while now uh, with the track team, so obviously it's coming together pretty nicely for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has come together, and it, it did take two full years of training to get there, and um, I was really happy to see it all work out. Uh, how'd the race go in general? Just kind of um, did it go as planned for almost for you in terms of what you were hoping to accomplish? Yeah, actually, there's a pretty there's a pretty stark difference between my prelim race and my final race in terms of going as planned. Um, I went into the prelim knowing that I was going up against 20 other very very fast and competitive women, um, so I knew that I would have to basically run either my PR or a new PR um, to qualify for finals, um, and top two in each heat went, and I was able to finish second in my heat uh, with a new PR as well. So that was really, really cool. Um, and then going into finals the next day was difficult. My legs definitely felt it, um, yeah. and I knew I just kind of had to kind of hold on, and I was able to... Um, and slid into that eighth place position. And Sally, uh, you had, you got to obviously watch a lot of the events leading up to your event, the triple jump there on uh, Saturday. So what was it like to basically wait around for two days before you did anything in terms of actually competing? Um, well, I'm always excited to sit back for the first or the first two days and watch everyone because it gives me a chance to take everything, like my environment in, and like it gives me a chance to be calm, like the calm before the storm. I don't know how to explain it, but um, it also gets me pumped up seeing everyone else compete so well and to work so hard. So um, I think, yeah, they all together, they like, they got me going and I'm excited about that. 
Excellent. And then um, Allie Hill, obviously we talked about graduation, so what's next? What's your next plan? What's, what's next for you? <laughs> um, well, right now I'm actually packing up my room and uh, <laughs> about to, uh, yeah, getting in the car. So I think, yeah, right now I'm going to um, have the rest of the week off, and then I'm interning in Augusta. I'm going to waitress, and then hopefully after that travel for a little bit because I was pretty busy with sports through my college career, and I didn't get to go abroad. So I think I want to have that experience at some point. Aiden, so heading into the fall, um, I, I assume you'll be running cross-country again, right? Because you had a lot of success in that sport as well. Yeah, yeah, I actually will be doing cross-country. And then um, similar to Allie, I'll be taking at least a couple weeks off <laughs> after three seasons of running. And then uh, Jay said that she would be in touch with training plans soon. So I'll start that up and hit the ground running. Nice. And then, Sally, next year, is it going to be your senior year? I know you, you mentioned before that you want to do some more events. So what's, what's, your, what, what's, what's in uh, your mind in terms of your plan for, for next year, at least at the moment, perhaps? Obviously, we know things can change. I have no idea. But um, <laughs> by, the end of, by the end of this season, uh, well, this season I've been doing a lot of running. So, like, I've been, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing um, how um, strong I'll be going into the next season because I think – um, right now, this is as strong as I've been, you know, in my entire career. So I'm excited to see um, what the training will do for me next year, but maybe some running. I have no idea. But <laughs> 400. Uh, maybe the 400. I don't know. Uh, I probably I want to start with the 200, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, lots lots of possibilities certainly. Uh, well, let's let's wrap this up with uh, Allie Hill here, our, our senior on the on the interview. Um, you know, in terms of your final thoughts about your career at Bates, I know you obviously did soccer, indoor and outdoor track, and what what it's meant to you, uh, and what you've learned, you know, throughout your time here at Bates in in general. It's meant a lot to me. I mean, like I said, going into um, my freshman year, I really didn't think that I would be sticking with track at all. I kind of considered it my secondary sport. Um, but definitely coming out of Bates, I consider it my primary. And I think that really just has to do with, like, the amazing coaching staff and um, that it really just, like, built us up as athletes, and I wouldn't be the athlete I am today without them. And I think really that goes to show Bates in general, you know. As, a like, a D3 athlete, um, I think it's important. Like, it takes a lot of effort to get um, to where we are. It's not – nothing's easy. And I think I kind of learned that. And definitely going through all the ups and downs of nationals, um, I realized, you know, nothing's handed to you. And uh, I think it will set me up nicely for the real world because I have that competitive spirit and that hardworking, um, you know, gut uh, feeling. So I think it will uh, set me up nicely. And I uh, have to thank Bates for that because they really uh, helped me out. Outstanding. Well, All-Americans, Allie Hill, Sally Cisse, Aiden Eikhoff, Thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast. Congrats again on your great seasons. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Bye, Allie. Bye, Sally. I'll miss you. Oh, miss you. <laughs> Junior Ben Rosen competed at the NCAA Men's Singles Championships last week. He came up against a tough opponent in the first round, third seed Nikolai Parody from Claremont McKenna Scripps. Rosen battled falling 6-4 in the first set before coming back to win the second set, 6-4. However, Parody prevailed in the third set, 6-3. Parody would go on to be the national runner-up at the NCAA Singles Championships. To wrap up the last episode of the Bobcast until the fall, we chat with outgoing Bates Director of Athletics, Kevin McHugh. 
He is headed back to his home state of New Jersey to become the new director of athletics at Stockton University. Busy weekend for you. You were in Ohio on one day, and the next day you were in New Jersey. What was it like to watch these athletes compete here at Bates College for one final time, basically, because you're moving on to Stockton? Well, that's probably one of the greatest pleasures I've had over over the time that I've been here is the opportunity to to watch our athletes compete, and you know, at any level. But when they're at a at a national championship, it's obviously it's it's even more heightened and more pronounced, and and it, it's also great because. You know, I don't often get a chance to kind of hang out with the athletes, but when you're at something particularly like, a, you know, like track um, where there's some time in between, um, you know, you, you get a chance not only to watch them perform, but also just to sort of kind of hang a little bit with the, with the coaches, with the athletes. And even the same thing, um, you know, being at rowing, um, you know, a, a day later, um, you know, lucky enough to have a coach that gets me a pass to the, um, you know, to the, to the, the area where the teams are staged and, and, you know, the, Again, the same opportunity to be around the athletes while they're prepping, while they're you know getting ready for uh, for competition, and, and just to get a little insight. And, and I know you've had some of that too when you've done you know your stories on them. But that background stuff, in addition to again watching them compete and obviously you know do well, um, you know that's that's really special. Absolutely, and obviously rowing got the national championship. What well, where were you watching the grand final for the first varsity eight? When did you know that they'd won it all? Because I know we had to do the math in our heads again this year. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I didn't know they had won. I was, I was, um, I had kind of tried to go down by the gazebo that was out on the water and then run back, you know, so I, I was at the gazebo to sort of see the, the, the teams come by and then try and run back to the, um, to the video board, um, in order to see the finish. And, um, uh, we were pretty, they were pretty certain this time around, um, Andrea, I think had, had been in charge of the math and she said right away, you know, we won and Peter said, and, and so there wasn't the sort of the doubt that there was uh, a couple years ago when we hadn't really been in that situation. And it was predominantly, it was basically the same sort of scenario in terms of the point spread and everything. So uh, yeah, it was just, and you know, and everybody obviously erupted at that point. So it was, it was pretty, we were pretty sure. Right. Cause um, you got to witness the second verse D eight and the coaches react, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all the, all the kids were there and, and the, and the coaches and yeah, there was uh there was a lot of screaming, and, and uh, yeah, it was, it's great. I mean, that's obviously, you know, that's some, some of the highlight moments of being in sports. Right, and how cool is it for you as an athletic director to go out here at Bates, uh, the final event being the national championship? I can't tell you how cool it is. <laughs> I, I've, I've thought the same thing, that, you know, it was a pretty appropriate way to, way to finish up, and uh, couldn't have asked for more. So you started here in 2007. Um, what are some highlights, um, big picture maybe, that you're most proud of of your time here at Bates? Yeah, um, I, I think first off, um, yeah, definitely sort of bigger picture, maybe a little fuzzier, but um, I, I just think the fact that uh, I think we created something really special in terms of what we have as a department here. And, and you know, it's, it's a combination of, you know, being a team, but also being a family. Um, it's, it's an attitude where people care about and support each other. And, you know, I, I think I think that, you know, was created over time. And I, and I, I think, again, that's one of the things that I'll always bring with me is, is what kind of a special type of situation we had. I, I think combined with that, um, you know, I, th I think we changed the culture a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, heightened maybe some the, the pride in Bates Athletics. Um, you know, um, certainly that had to do with with some competitive successes. But again, I think it had to do with creating, like I say, this this kind of this feeling and I, th I think at the end of the day I guess I'm pretty proud of the fact that you know I think we achieved beyond our means to provide a, a really a really good experience for 
for our students, student athletes certainly, but students generally for our staff and for the campus community. And so, um, you know, I could point to specific things about, again, you know, certain, you know, victories and, and accomplishments in that regard or facilities or fundraising. But I think those those things, like you said, that's sort of the bigger picture things. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take those as well. And then, obviously, I mean, everyone learns lessons throughout their careers and whatnot, and you've been Division three for a long time, but what lessons are you going to take from your time here at Bates you're going to apply to your time maybe you're thinking at Stockton? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would put my finger on a particular lesson. I, I think probably the longer you've been around, the more, you know, particularly in Division three because it is so varied, um, you know, I, I think it's, a, it's more a sense of um, – you know, kind of expecting the unexpected, being trying to be ready to roll with whatever comes down. That change always comes, always happens, and and you got to learn to adjust. And and um, you know, I think there's there's some things that are always constant through that. The things we just talked about, the you know, the student athlete experience, the the camaraderie with with coaches and things like that. I think those st- those stay constant. Um, you know, I I don't know that that I could point back and say, yeah, there was, I learned specifically X, X, and X. I think it's, it's more just a cumulative sort of sense of, again, being able to kind of, you know, be as organized as possible, but always trying to prepare for the thing that you don't expect. And I, and I think, you know, even more so in, in, in D3, that tends to happen. Well, mentioning D3, I mean, you've been a D3 guy, basically. What, what makes this such a uh, special level to be at for you as an athletic director? I, th- I think it's the, the purity, if you will. I, I really think the overused term of student-athlete definitely applies, and, and it's a shame because I do think it's, that's almost become now a, a bad word in athletics. It's, it's been so overused, and, and particularly it, you know, it, it does get painted in the, at the Division One level, which I think is a whole different student-athlete, if you will. Um, and so, you know, again, when, you, when you're around students at this level that – um, you know, want to compete at, at the very highest level that they can. I think they put in the same mental energy and, and you know, it may be not the same amount of time, but they, they're as passionate about their, their sport as, as any level. Um, but they also have it in, you know, in balance with, you know, with being a, a, you know, a good student, with being someone that's involved in the campus, um, the life of the campus. And, and that's essentially the, you know, the, the components of Division Three that sets it apart. And, and so, you know, I, I, I think, I just I relate to that from my own personal experience. Um, even though I went to a, a Division One school because it was a, an Ivy school, it, it had that same you know same kind of um, notion of of trying to balance the academic and the athletic and trying to succeed to the degree possible in both of those. And so that's that for me has been the the real joy of being in Division Three. Sure, absolutely. And then obviously you've got a chance, I'm sure, to talk to many of the coaches uh, during the spring season as kind of your time here winds down, your preparation uh, tradition to Stockton. What have been some of the things you talked with the coaches about um, as you as you exit here, basically? Um, I think our conversations really has been about, you know, finishing up strong, about about continuing what, you know, what we've continued about. Also, you know, the fact that, you know, as cliched as it is, um, you know, things happen and they happen for a reason. And, and, you know, um, you know, you, just like we tell our athletes, you know, you, you have to, you have to kind of deal with things as they come along and, and, you know, move to the next chapter. And I think, uh, you know, some of the, some of the conversation has been about, you know, okay, let's, let's, let's focus on, you know, you, what you have to do moving forward, not on me, you know, not being here type of thing and me leaving or whatever. And so it's, it's been more conversations around, 
you know, getting them sort of to, to think more about that aspect, I, I think. I, and, and, you know, I think it's, you know, people have, you know, been appreciative of, of the role that I've, I've played here and, and you know, want to want to talk about that, want to demonstrate that. And, and, I, and again, I really am grateful for that. I appreciate that. But again, I'm also trying to refocus that much saying, OK, that's that ship has already sailed. Now let's let's start looking ahead again to, to what you need to do going forward. Great. Well, this is the last Bobcast of the year. Uh, any final thoughts from you on the season this past year and your, and your time at Bates you want to share? Yeah, I, first of all, I, I, you know, I, I think you've done a phenomenal job with the Bobcast, and, and, and I know you weren't putting in a pitch for that, but I, I, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, get more, I get more positive comments from alums and parents and people that I see. Um, and so this has been really a, you know, just a, a great addition to, to what, you know, what we do with, uh, with our programs. Um, yeah, just I, you know, I again, I think it's, I think it's been a terrific year. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting around till June first when the, um, when the directors' cups announcements come out because I think we're sitting in like 31st place and, and the highest we've ever been is 27th. And when you add in the rowing points and track points and things, you know, I think we're going to jump up pretty well. And, and again, you know, on top of winning the championship, um, you know, having the highest finish ever in 10 years or ever, actually since since they started a directors' cup, I think would be kind of a nice way to, to way to finish up so um so yeah that's kind of where i'm where i'm looking right now sounds good yeah the director's cup obviously measuring the success throughout all of athletics right. 31 sports here at bates kevin McHugh you've been leading them for the last 10 years we'll be missing you good luck there at stockton appreciate your time here on the bobcast thanks very much jason fine is taking over as the new director of athletics at bates starting july 1 we'll be sure to sit down with him when he arrives on campus for now thanks for listening all school year to the Bates Bobcast. Bates.